If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, Legion of Audience. This is James. And before we get started today, I wanted to take a second and let you all know about the brand new Who Would Win Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and get behind-the-scenes access like you've never seen before, go to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow right now. Who Would Win patrons will have access to outtake videos, early info on battles, and even get a vote on characters that we'll use in upcoming episodes. So if you'd like to support me and the show, head to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow, and for as little as five bucks a month, you can define yourself as more than just a fan. You'll be an official member of the Legion. Hope to see you there. On a cold night in an unfamiliar realm, a lone figure flies above the terrain. I know there must be a way back. The Green Lantern, known as John Stewart, mutters to himself. Stewart sees castles, dungeons, dragons, and even mighty heroes set to find their fortune, but no exit. It is then that he sees swirling mists and lights from a cliffside below. Swooping down to investigate, Stuart finds a crazed cult of sycophants, and in the middle of them all is a shrouded, undead force. Turning to face his visitor, the mighty Vecna merely points a finger and sends a rush of chilled energy into the Green Lantern's spine. Knowing an enemy when he sees one, Stuart adjusts his ring and pounces into battle. It's the Master Builder versus the Whispered One. It's the Emerald Knight versus the Undying King. It's Green Lantern John Stewart versus Vecna. Today on Who Would Win? And welcome to another episode of Who Would Win, a show that completely ignores anything important happening in the world and instead focuses on a fictional battle between two characters from the worlds of comics, sci-fi, and fantasy. I'm your host, James Gavsey, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ray Stacanus. 
In today's episode, we have a matchup pitting one of the greatest heroes of all time from DC Comics versus a major, and I'm talking major, villain from the D&D franchise. In one corner, you have Jon Stewart, quite possibly the greatest Green Lantern of all time, at least in my opinion, versus Vecna, a demigod, if not more, from Dungeons and Dragons. As always, I did the patent who would win Google test just to see how many people discuss this matchup. And not only did I get no results back, Google's now sentient AI appeared on my screen and asked me if I ever regretted any of my life choices due to looking up this battle. The answer was no, because uh, no. Why would I ever have bad life choices? Anyway, so yet again, Who Would Win brings you our loyal fan base, a legion of audience, another premier geek culture fight. Ray, what are your thoughts on today's matchup? I'm always fired up for the matchups we come up in the boardroom. This might be one of the most controversial One of the most back and forth, throwing chairs, throwing desks, throwing bodies that we've ever Mm -hmm. had in the boardroom. But at the end of the day, we put a poll out on Patreon, patreon.com slash who would win show. Very, very big deal over there. And we gave it to the fans. We put up four characters and we said, you get to pick and the winner of this poll will be on the next episode of who would win. And it was a draw. It was a draw, and I was shocked by this, a draw between Green Lantern, Jon Stewart, and Vecna. So what do we do? They seem like they would match up well in a fight, and at the end of the day, James didn't want to go with the fans' choice. Ray wanted to go with the fans' choice, even though I hate every single one of you, save you awkward allies and hashtag Raniacs out there. Of course, you get it. And here we are, Vecna from Dungeons and Dragons, made very famous by Stranger Things season four on Netflix, versus James's favorite Green Lantern, John Stewart. Ray, you know I'm not a big fan of this battle, right? You've made reference once or twice in the boardroom, after the boardroom, the time between boardroom and now, and also now. Look, the first time I said I didn't like this matchup and someone said, now we're doing it, I picked up, I don't even know who it was, I picked him up through through the door into the other, yeah, it was a small person, person. he deserved, yeah, well, and then the second time I I said it, uh, uh, (laughs) no, my kids would have uh, hit me back and hurt me, the thing is, the thing is, I had originally suggested for the, you know, fan base, Legion of Audience, that Jon Stewart Green Lantern should take on Homelander, the amazing villain from the uh, Boys series on Amazon Prime, great successful third series, third season, Great villain. I, I hate the character because I love the character so much. Homelander had lost before. Jon Stewart had lost before. I thought it would have been a great redemption matchup. And then <laughs> the opinions of the Who Would Win production team came out. They're like, no, we're doing it. We're doing Vecna. And I'm like, Velma from Scooby-Doo? is like, no, Vecna from Dungeons & Dragons. I'm like, K-Y. And they just kept going. Anyway. The people look, have I'm spoken, a- James. Yeah, and we, I went with Jon Stewart. Great choice. And we should have went. Anyway, here's the deal. I'm a team player, Ray. And I'm all about, you know, making sure we move forward. So I get it. Vecna's, maybe some people know who Vecna is. Maybe some people, a lot of people don't. So I said, you know what? Let me just kind of be a team player and go with this. So who'd win production team? See, I can get along with the program and do what you guys do. Thankfully, we have a judge who is known for portraying iconic characters and who I'm sure gets where I'm coming from. Making another appearance on the Who Would Win show, Enor is one of the stars of Call of Duty, League of Legends, Justice League Action, and also starring in three episodes of Reclaimed Detroit, a vampire, the masquerade audio drama, one of the, actually the best audio drama I've ever listened to ever. Just putting that out there. Wow. It's Rachel Kinsey. Rachel, welcome back to Who Would Win. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. (laughs) Uh, Rachel, uh, before we kind of get into everything, tell the Legion of Audience, our fan base, what you're working on right now. 
I'm working on this one project that has an NDA, this other project that has an NDA, and this other one that I'll be able to tell you about in about a year. Yeah. So that's pretty normal. Pretty normal <laughs> VO stuff. <laughs> let me let me rephrase the question. What did you work on a year ago that had an NDA that is now expired that you can now tell us about? Uh, about a year ago, I made a human being. And so <laughs> wow. that human being is now uh, trying to learn to walk. So I did a, a lot of, uh, if you've... Uh, if you're tuning into a lot of CNBC educational podcasts, and I do, you and I have been hanging out a bit. It was a it was a good time to do some low key work, <laughs> but now we're back on the horse, and I'll tell you all about it in about a year and a half. <laughs> Love it, book it. That's fair. So with with all the stuff you've been doing, okay, League of uh, League of Legends, Call of Duty, Justice League, Act. By the way, my daughter and I were loved you as Wonder Woman. You Yay. actually killed it. Thank uh, you. Susan Eisenberg was fantastic as well, and you just brought something completely, really, actually, kind of different to it. Love that character. What's your favorite thing you've done? Give me the top three favorite things you've done so far. So. I do have to start with Wonder Woman because that was like, I mean, that was the the childhood bucket list that like mm-hmm. was never like, that's not a thing mm-hmm. except for that, that it was a thing. And not only that, but I got to have that really great experience where they kind of went, we just like what you do. So we started writing for you. And I went, um, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing something. Okay. I'll just keep. I'm. I don't know what I did that you like that's making you do stuff, but it's good. So let's keep going. <laughs> so that that's. I mean, that's like multiple bucket lists all sure. smashed into one, which is really really cool. For me, a kid who grew up playing D and D, it was really fun for me to get to go play um, over in like the the League of Legends fantasy world, like that that kind of you know role playing and uh, and and big world stuff has been. That's just been a, a part of my background story the 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 whole time, which has been a, a total blast. Plus, I get to be a pirate, and who doesn't want to? Who doesn't want to be, be a, a pirate? pirate? Yeah, I mean, it's just that's just a good time to be. Have you ever gone to Starbucks and ordered coffee as a pirate? Yar. Yeah, gar seems normal. I, I don't know. What, yeah. Look here. Right? Here's the, here's the truth. I I am that person. I go into Starbucks and I'm like the grande. I'm so sorry. I know that people should know this by now, and I I. <laughs> I have a coffee pot, so I don't. And then they look at me like, "Oh my god, why are you trying to make a point about not knowing?" It's like I'm, I don't. I'm sorry. I don't know. Can, can I have no idea what's available at Starbucks? By the way, I just go I in, and my whole thing is I like to say, and they're saying, and who's the name for this, or who should we say? Is I said Batman, Godzilla, Green. I just want to see them yell out Batman, and I stand up, and I'm like, "That's me." And I rush over. I don't know. It's a thing. Can I talk about the one role that Rachel Kimsey has played? It's one of her first roles and one of the ones that I kind of knew her for right away in a movie uh, called Spider-Man 2. <laughs> because Rachel Kimsey is the is the actress, is the character who got saved by Tobey Maguire when Dr. Octopus threw her out of the, uh, the train car. It's oh, true. wow. It's true. Uh, and actually, and first, if we're talking like like dream jobs that was that was the job Ooh, never do this nobody follow this advice <laughs> so uh there were signs hanging on light posts in my neighborhood in new york city that said uh production is going to be shooting here so i called up the number and found out what the movie was and then i showed up on set <laughs> you hustled the set and then I told the stunt crew that I did stunts, which was not a lie. This is important. Fair. It was okay. not a lie. And then 
I did stunts on Spider-Man 2. <laughs> I did it's, not know that part of the story, and I, I am more excited now. Uh, and, I, and to bring it all home and bring it right back into this room, years later, I watched that scene again, and you will never believe who is also in that train car in Spider-Man 2. Are their initials P-L? The magic... That is Phil Lamar and uh, I yes. shared yes. a screen for the first time way, way back in the day. That's so By the way, funny. my favorite uh, John Stewart Green Lantern, Phil yeah. Lamar. And See, who, this all connects. Who played, this who all played Green Lantern, John Stewart, Phil Lamar? This, Phil Lamar. The, we have a circle of life happening here. That's right. All right, Rachel, listen, you have uh, quite the IMDb listing of accomplishments. You are insanely funny. You are Wonder Woman in a most amazing way. You have all the qualifications to be an amazing judge yet again on today's episode. Uh, and I think you're going to see what I'm talking about with Vecna versus John Stewart Green Lantern. With all of that being said, it's about that time. Ray, please do us the honors and announce today's matchup. Representing DC Comics. The Green Lantern, I can't remember, but he does have a familiar ring. Green Lantern, John Stewart. And representing Dungeons and Dragons, the demigod who'd give his left eye to be more powerful, but also that didn't work when he tried it. Vecna. Ray, I've got a new job I think you should audition for, I'm, and I'm not even joking. You're the person sh who should announce, like, Family Feud. I mean, here's the deal. Get me that gig. I'll take it right I'll, now. I'm, I'm going to make it happen. Get on the I just horn. Think I'll be perfect. take it. Yeah. And coming from down south. I don't know. I just don't know where I'm going with that. All right. Well done right now. Before we go any further, let's go over the official rules of a who would win match, which are brought to you by Comixology, one of our great sponsors. Rule number one, each debater will make three points. Rule number two, the who would win match is a random encounter in a neutral location with no prior knowledge of the opponent or time to prepare for the fight. Rule number three, the debater must stay within the confines of the character's personality and the exact version of that character has to be specifically stated. Ray, are there, because I'm, I'm not 100% familiar with this character, are there other versions of Vecna, and which one are you going to be using? There's a few different ways to go about it. Stranger Things called their villain Vecna in season four, thus creating a resurgence of popularity in the character, but the version I'm going with is classic Dungeons and Dragons, as told through the eye lens of the Critical Role show. The Vecna from the Critical Role role-playing show. That's highly specific. I like it. Alright, I was actually at a crossroads here. My favorite version of my favorite version of John Stewart. John Stewart's my favorite Green Lantern. My favorite version of Green Lantern is obviously from Justice League, Justice League Unlimited, two great uh, series. But against Vecna, once I did some research, I'm like, heck no. Gotta go with the comic the current comic book version of John Stewart this because that's just get what ridiculous I do. Ridiculous is what this oh, is about to get. You have no idea. Alright, rule number four. Debaters may only use examples of skills, powers, or weapons that are a long established part of the character's continuity. Feats from non-canon crossovers are allowed, but will be given less weight. Rule number five. The winner of the debate is remember the judge decides the best case for defeating their opponent by death, submission, or battlefield removal, and where no attack or threat can be made for at least two minutes, and where no outside interference is allowed. And finally, rule number six, the judge, the final arbiter, can disallow or veto any point they feel violates these rules or established logic. And before we get started, don't forget to visit the official Hoodwin store to get your very own Hoodwin merchandise and accessories. Go to hoodwinstore.com to get your hands on some Hoodwin merch right now. We'll wait. And while we're waiting, just buy a lot of stuff. And then when we're not waiting, we're doing the episode, buy even more because that's how awesome we want you to be. 
We have a new sponsor for Who Would Win, and I think y'all might enjoy this one. It is Marvel Strike Force. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile game that taps into everything we all love about Marvel Comics. You get to pick a squad of your favorite Marvel heroes, you know, and villains, let's keep it real, and team them up to fight big bads like Doctor Doom and, of course, save the universe. Your goal in Marvel Strike Force is to power up your characters and compete PvP against other players in multiple different modes. And you know I'm not telling you all about this empty-handed, because if you're a new user and sign up with our promo code MAXPOOL, M-A-X-P-O-O-L, you're going to get hooked up with all kinds of free stuff to get you started the right way. Let's face facts. You love Marvel, you love gaming, and you got a phone. So take a sec and check out Marvel Strike Force using the link in the description of this episode, ideally, and use our promo code MAXPOOL and get the whole Who Would Win show hookup. Thanks again to Marvel Strike Force and thanks to me for this great read. Good job, me. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to supercharge your hiring? You need a super hiring partner. You need Indeed. I've been a fan of Indeed.com for a long time and been singing their praises for even longer. You know, one of the things I love about Indeed is that not only can you find a great job on Indeed.com, start there, great place to look, but if you're hiring, you can invite candidates, right? Candidates you invite to apply are three times more likely to apply for your job than candidates who just kind of see it in a random search. That's according to US Indeed data. It's like you invite somebody and they feel welcome to your party, right? They're more likely to want to work for you or at least check out what this job's all about. And we'll get you one step closer to that hire by immediately matching you with quality candidates with Indeed. Indeed's going to do the hard work for you. It shows you the candidates whose resume on Indeed fits your description immediately after you post. You're going to find the people. They're going to put them right in front of you so you can hire even faster. And these are quality candidates. These are people who already meet your minimum expectations right off the top at the beginning. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash WWW. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash WWW. Indeed.com slash WWW. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And now, let's get to the tale of the tape for both of our combatants. Ray, please give us the details for Vecna. 
Vecna is an evil magical demigod who serves as a major antagonist in Dungeons and Dragons. He was created by Brian Bloom and first appeared in the supplemental D&D rulebook Eldritch Wizardry back in 1976. One of the OG legends of Dungeons and Dragons, Vecna has appeared in many ways throughout the years. Vecna went from being a legend of whispers to a lich, to a demigod, to an almost greater god. His cult and lust for power truly define him as the big bad of D&D that he is. Vecna was truly, though, thrust into the spotlight on the Critical Role show before getting a whole other round of fame through his use in Stranger Things Season 4. Fun fact, in first edition D&D, Vecna was only a pair of artifacts, known only as the Eye of Vecna and the Hand of Vecna. Each required the user to remove their own equivalent body part and replace it with that item. This granted them much power, especially if both were used simultaneously, but this power comes at the cost of slowly turning the person corrupted and evil. Second fun fact, Vecna's name is an anagram of Jack Vance's last name. Vecna, Vance, there you go. Vance's writing inspired the magical system used in Dungeons and Dragons. That is Vecna. Interesting. Very interesting. Okay, here are the details for John Stewart, Green Lantern. John Stewart, a.k.a. my favorite Green Lantern of all time, first appeared in Green Lantern Volume 2, number 87 in December of 1971 and was created by Neil Adams and Dennis O'Neill. John Stewart was an architect who was selected by the Guardians of the Universe, Universe as Hal Jordan's backup after Guy Gardner was seriously injured in a disaster. Jordan recruited and equipped Stewart with a standard Green Lantern uniform, though Stewart flatly refused to wear the domino mask and power ring. Through the years, John Stewart has gone from being a backup Green Lantern to Hal Jordan to being one of the most accomplished members of the entire Green Lantern Corps. Additionally, he's been a longtime member of the Justice League, leader of the Galactic Force known as the Dark Stars, and played a pivotal role in defeating the evil Black Lanterns that tried to purge all life within the universe. And here's an interesting fact about Jon Stewart. Did you know that Hal Jordan didn't want Jon Stewart to be chosen as a Green Lantern at all? What? It's true. Hal Jordan was well aware that the Guardians wanted a replacement lantern for him in case that he couldn't perform his job. But what he wasn't aware of is that he wasn't being allowed to choose his own replacement. Instead, the Guardians chose Jon Stewart and instantly Hal Jordan had a problem with it. Oddly enough, the Guardians believed it might be because of a potential form of prejudice Hal Jordan <gasps> had towards John Stewart. Yeah, they brought it up. But Jordan claimed it was instead because he felt Stewart wouldn't be good for the job for some reason. Mm. And of course, because he's awesome, John Stewart proved that he was in fact an excellent Green Lantern even on his very first day of the job. And now you have facts on both opponents. Rachel, do you have any questions before we get started? I would like a brief definition of demigod, so I have some idea of what sort of power level we're working with here. When I walk into Comic-Con, usually San Diego Comic-Con, and I just walk in, and the way I'm hailed by the general uh, mm -hmm. populace of what's going on, I mm -hmm. feel like a demigod. Here's the actual official yeah. definition. Like a demigod a is a being nice. with partial or lesser divine status, such as a minor deity. So you're not like a hardcore god, but you're just somebody imbued with a few godlike powers, often also the offspring of a god and a mortal or a mortal raised to divine rank, which is the case of Vecna. He is a mortal who, through magical means, elevated himself to a lower uh, deity status. 
So there's no definition of like omnipotence versus omniscience. It's not even close to omnipotence. Uh, you know, you, you think All about right. maybe the the angels in dogma when they came down to earth. They had All some right. powers. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Excellent. Excellent. Very important John Stewart question. Idris Elba or Michael B. Jordan? Wow. Oh, Idris Elba. All day, every day. Just wanted to... With no disrespect wow, to Michael B. Jordan. Just, Look at her face POV. right there. You just lost no. the fight. I'll tell I you why. Idris Elba will will bring the the experience. John Stewart's not a young guy, right? He's in his forties, could be even early fifties at this point. This is someone with a ton of experience. He's got battle scars. He's not freshly, you know what I mean? Like this is someone who's been through it. That's why I think Idris Elba could do it. I just want to know who to fantasize about during this conversation. <laughs> I mean, Ray and I ask ourselves the same question every episode. It's just I, crazy. You know, I would I would like to, uh, I don't have the actor's name in front of me, but the guy who played Ezekiel with the tiger on Walking Dead, I think he would do an excellent job playing Jon Stewart. Okay, okay, pause. Carrie Patton. Carrie do Payton. you know there who you Carrie, Carrie Payton, Payton does play? Who does he play? Cyborg. There we go. That's right. And it was very confusing for me watching the Justice League movie because I was like, that guy's not Carrie. Why didn't they just cast <laughs> Carrie? I don't Get understand. Him in there. Oh, by the way, Where by is the way, Carrie? Young Justice. Hello. Although that was Zeno Robinson, and he did a great job. Well, Zeno as, Robinson, uh, yeah, hero. He's so great. Yeah. So, I'm saying. This. I hear what you're saying. I hear, consistency is kind of cool with the, with voice acting. All right, Ray. I'm so excited to get this battle started. Go ahead and hit us for your point number one. Point number one for Vecna. I'm just going to talk about defense to start because Green Lanterns are powerful. We know James will tell us. Uh, in many different ways about all the different constructs and the creations and elemental forces that Green Lanterns will use. Well, Vecna has a lot of highly powerful defensive abilities. I'm not convinced walking in the door that Jon Stewart has enough power to stop Vecna, much less win the fight. Because when Vecna was once shot with a non-magical gunfire attack, which I was shocked occurred in a D&D &D game, but this is how Critical Role can play. He was basically shot with a machine gun and the bullets hit him did absolutely nothing he their non-magical attacks they did nothing to Vecna and in fact hitting him with lightning or electricity was only half damage now it's still a lot of damage but a guy like Vecna can take a lot of damage and hitting him with those kind of powerful electrical attacks you know they get nerfed essentially when they hit him not just that Vecna moves very very fast you know you wouldn't think about it as like an older evil wizard but he has sort of that uh that, that deity type power running through his veins when he was fighting the entire crew the Vox Machina I believe is what you call them on critical role he always had the initiative on all of them and these are each one of them a superhero in their own regard when it came time to determine who acts first Vecna acts first Vecna gets the jump Vecna gets the first move often while they're thinking about what they're doing Vecna's already starting to mow them down and much of the same way here if Vecna gets the first shot in on Green Lantern I don't know that the match isn't over already also, Vecna as a character is immune to the prone ability, which basically means he can't be knocked over. He can't be knocked down. A lot of what Jon Stewart's going to try to do is put Vecna in a defensive position, I think, but Vecna can't not be knocked down. He is an anchor who will tie himself to the, to the ground and not be able to be moved around when he doesn't want to be. Heck, somebody shot a bunch of arrows at Vecna. Vecna metamorphosized them into pure energy and made those arrows hurt less when they... 
hit him all over his neck and throat region because they were very, very well aimed. Basically, just made him just glance over like a little bit of energy, a little bit of, ooh, a refreshing bath of arrows. Delightful. A big thing that he once did is he's fought against characters who've tried to use constructs against him. So Green Lantern's actual constructs aren't going to be something that surprises him, at least naturally. He tends to slap them aside with what's called a magical barrier, a magical force field around him, and he was able to knock a giant fist construct that somebody tried to throw at him, much like Jon Stewart might do, knocked aside with a magical barrier. Heck, he also has perfect concentration. One big thing about the magic system in D&D, sometimes you have to maintain concentration in order to cast your spells. Well, he's been stabbed while casting a spell, blinded with a bright flare light while casting a spell, hit with other weapons, and he still gets his spells off because he has perfect concentration. Add up all this, he's taken something called the Comet of the Divine Wrath, was able to survive it. It hurt him, but he was able to survive it. And he also has a healing factor on top of everything else. He heals a certain amount of hit points every single turn. He also has Wolverine-style defensive healing factor. At the end of the day, I don't know what Jon Stewart could possibly do, nor do I think James is going to adequately describe what Jon Stewart could actually do. That would hurt Vecna to keep him down for the count. And that's my point number one. I appreciate how you're trying to represent Vecna, and by appreciate, I mean not really. I also laugh at your feeble attempt to misrepresent Jon Stewart. Let me kind of break some stuff down for you. So you talk about defense where, you know, uh, Vecna gets hit with arrows. He can turn the energy, and they hurt a little bit less. Interesting. So he can still get hurt. If uh, an energy attack comes in the form of electricity, and I think you said another form of energy, he can diminish it by half. That's interesting. Especially from Jon Stewart, who can destroy planets with his Green Lantern ring uh, and multiple planets. So if he can do, let's say, two planets, can the destruction of one planet as a form of energy be something that Vecna can withstand? The answer is no, by your definition. Finally, Vox Machina. Um, I love the uh, series on uh, Amazon, amazing animated series. I don't know if it's the same thing. We're talking about the same characters. If they are, the one thing I can tell you is that there's no speedster on Vo Vox Machina who matches up even close to the Flash uh, or any type of Flash from the DC Universe. Green Lantern can tank the Flash. He knows how to fight the Flash. He's got experience with the Flash, and he also moves at super speed. That's something I don't think Vecna's going to be prepared for. Listen, magical barriers, all that kind of good stuff. Perfect concentration. Yeah, but he's ever fought, faced off against someone like Jon Stewart, Green Lantern. Let me get to my point number one. All of this is going to become really, really clear. Point number one, let's talk about the power ring and how Jon Stewart specifically uses it. So the Green Lantern power ring worn by Jon Stewart, it's made out of defined as light and somehow channels the power and energy of the main power battery on the planet Oa. And as I said before, the Green Lantern power ring is on such a high level of super science that many describe it as some kind of super advanced magic that people just can't figure out. So this ring surrounds Jon Stewart with an automatic protective aura. So in case he gets hit, whether he's ready for it or not, it's already up there and activated. It's almost sentient on its own, can activate on its own. With the ring, he can teleport shorter long distances. He can open portals and travel to other dimensions. He can telepathically communicate with people. He can also shield himself from mind control and psychic attacks, even if it's magic-based. Actually, especially if it's magic-based. Speaking of magic, the ring protects Jon Stewart from all forms of magic and spells. Keep in mind that the Green Lantern Corner have encountered galactic wizards and magic and magic on a universal scale before. Again, universal magical threats. The Green Lantern Corps, including Jon Stewart, he's already faced off and overcome that. Dealing with Vecna's magic won't be an issue. It definitely is not going to be a surprise 
applies to him. Let's see. He can also travel at warp speed. He can open wormholes and either travel through them or send someone into them, even someone as powerful as Superman. He can shoot powerful energy blasts that can hurt or even kill beings as powerful as Superman. That's right. I'm saying it. He could kill Superman if he concentrated hard enough to like blast him apart. He can phase through objects. He can use the rain to heal himself, encounter any poison, toxin, physical damage, or magical spell. He can create a time dilation. I don't even know how this works. He can do it. He can either speed up or slow down time, meaning he can move faster by far than his opponent, or he can just slow down his opponent and make him move super, super slow while they're still moving. He's still moving uh, full speed, I guess. Here's something fun. He can create black holes, and he can create black holes inside of people that's fun try surviving that and he can even convert people into energy but why stop there he can fly faster than the speed of light he went from earth to mars in 15 seconds he can fly across the universe in under 24 hours which means he can also do the infinite mass punch race to kansas favorite technique of all time he can focus the ring to give himself superman level class strength and durability he was able to use the ring to hold the planet earth together with one of his constructs speaking of planets john stewart can shoot blasts of energy that's so powerful again Again, they can easily destroy multiple planets. And the power ring offers Jon Stewart insane physical power and insane protection against magic of all types. And I haven't even gotten to the good part yet. Oh, that's my point number one. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Now, you answer one of my questions right there. Is the ring magical? You said yes. The ring does, in fact, seem to be magical, and that's going to be important later. And let's talk about Jon Stewart, though. You know, he's got a big weakness. Oh, well, a couple big weaknesses. One, uh, if this came down to be just a physical battle between two people punching each other, I'd say Green Lantern had a 50-50 shot. But it's going to be so much more than that. And Vecna has so many tricks that this guy's just going to be blindsided because the one thing that Jon Stewart has uh, in spades that other Green Lanterns do not have is pride. And he does, he has, he believes in himself maybe a little bit too much. Who could forget the giant bomb in the center of the planet and Martian Manhunter wanted to help him. And he felt a little xenophobic in the moment, send Martian Manhunter away. And he, then he found out, oops, I failed to disarm this bomb and it blew up the planet, killing everyone on the planet. Why? Because he felt the need to do it himself. He felt the need to try to overpower the situation. And that didn't work out. At the end of the day, he's going to over rely on his ring, his powers, and Vecna, being the evil, twisted mastermind that he is, is going to use that against him. Wow. A lot of stuff I can say back, but I won't because I think my points are going to answer all of this. Rachel, you've heard one point from both Ray and myself. Where's your head at so far with this battle? Uh, you know, I love a good battle where when I'm hearing each point, each each side's points, I'm like, oh, yeah, no, that's going to be really hard to overcome. So right now, I'm I'm honestly like I'm I'm pretty even. I think we've got to we've got to sort out uh, what the quality of magic here is. Between the two, because if if one can defend against magic and one is magic, if one uh, can deflect magic and the other one to plus the the light and energy situation, I think there are some there are some terms we need to define here to really get into how this is going to shake out. But I I'm liking this matchup so far. I know that you weren't so you weren't so keen on it, but I, I think these are surprisingly evenly matched. I like it. Very cool. No, Vecna, no doubt, is an interesting character. I just, the only thing I was questioning was popularity overall, but I got to tell you, there's a lot to this character. Big history, lots of power. It's an awesome battle. All right, Ray Sicanus, 
Hit us with your point number two. Point number two for Vecna. Let's talk about some of what I refer to as the fun magic. This isn't the stuff that's going to devastate uh, Jon Stewart. This is the stuff that's going to cripple and, and er eradicate Jon Stewart. First off, he could use telepathy. He could use telepathy over great distances. And one of the important things about his telepathy is even if you have strong mental defenses, his telepathy still works on you. You cannot... No shrouding of the mind, none of that willpower stuff works on the telepathy. And let me tell you, if it doesn't work on the telepathy, it's probably not going to work on a whole lot of his other magical spells as well. Even if you have the best magical defenses up in the D&D universe, he can still use telepathy to talk to you. He can still use telepathy to shroud your mind. That's who Vecna is. And he's got some spells along the same way. One, of course, Vecna has flight. Vecna can fly, so both characters can fly, not a big deal. Just want to make sure I say that. He's got some interesting spells, like, for example, a paralyzed spell. He could make Jon Stewart just plain stop moving with the powers of magic. And if Jon Stewart's not moving, let's say, for example, two minutes, then that means Vecna wins this battle under who would win rules. And he could paralyze people. He's also got one called Feeble Mind. What Feeble Mind does is it essentially makes you dumb. It makes you unable to use your limbs. It makes you unable to talk. It makes you unable to think straight. It feebles your mind. And if he hits Jon Stewart with that, there's no constructs coming. There's no any kind of uh, special defense happening here. Vecta's going to run him over like a freight train. Not just that, we talked about the Green Lantern potentially being magical. Well, Vecna is a master at dispel magic, which means if you're trying to use magic against him, he can knock your spells down one by one. And did I mention how fast he can cast spells? He cast 24 spells in 36 seconds. That's a lot of stuff coming at you real quick, real fast. And if you want to say, well, Jon Stewart has a defense against this and this 24 spells, that means like every second and a half or something like, I can't do math. It means very, very quickly a new spell is getting lobbed at him that he's eventually not going to have answers for. And that's just the fun, other fun stuff. He can shoot cold blasts out and, and, and chill him if he needs to. He once blotted out the sun with hazy, dark clouds. This is a guy with na nature uh, effects around him as well. So you're not just worried about a 1v1 battle. He's going to use the environment against you. And the other most important thing to talk about is that force field I mentioned earlier. This is an exceptionally powerful force field that he uses much like the invisible woman from the Fantastic Four. He traps people inside of force fields and makes it so they cannot get out. There was a very powerful dragon, and we all know in D&D, dragons are the be-all, end-all. That's the jam. And he once trapped a dragon inside of a force field. So again, I would ask, what's stopping him from just putting a force field around Jon Stewart that Jon Stewart can't get out of, can't do anything from? That's, once again, another incapacitation, putting him down for two minutes. Vecna walks away safely. Vecna wins this match, and that's my point number two. Here's the thing, a lot to address there. Jon Stewart's been encased in force fields before. He's been encased in a force field within a force field within a force field when he had to take on a number of what were called the Black uh, Lanterns. These were the undead heroes and villains that came back to life, given Black Lantern rings with similar powers. He had to take on an army of them, and he overcame them. So being trapped in crazy powerful force fields multiplied by an army, whatever the number that is, and escaping, I think Vecna's force field 
isn't quite as powerful as that. Let me kind of address some of this too. Listen, John Stewart's faced off. He's got this insane willpower. And just to let you know, the stronger your willpower, the more powerful things you can do with your ring. And John Stewart's at the top of that list. Uh, always mentioned with Hal Jordan and that kind of same echelon of willpower with Green Lantern rings. This guy's insanely powerful. In terms of, you know, being overtaken by telepathy, remember the ring already gives him protection against telepathy. Then on top of that, he's got his willpower. But the really fun fact, I'll talk more about this later. There's a character named Des- De- Despero who was the most powerful telepath in the DC universe, could control planets, could control, you know, planets from across the galaxy and all that. And even Despero couldn't affect Green Lantern John Stewart. So if that's not going to happen, as great as Vecna is, that's not going to be a factor being controlled Wait, by that. did you say Destro from G.I. Joe? I wouldn't expect him to be able to control a Green Lantern. He's human. Well, I said Despero, D-E-S-P-E-R. Oh. But, you know, you never know what Destro can do. He's got that metal a, head thing going on. I yeah. wouldn't put it past him. It's I true. mean, there's some power there. He knows uh, eldritch monsters. It's true. It's crazy. Just wanted to make sure we weren't talking about an itty-bitty little mouse. Yes. I'll be the only one over here with Tales of Despero. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> <That's okay. laughs> Uh, so here's the other thing. So Vecna cannot fly anywhere near as good as Jon Stewart. I mean, this is someone who keeps up with Superman in terms of flying in space at super speed, light speed and faster. By the way, he's in space. Oh, wow. Vecna can make things cold. Don't really think that's going to be a factor. So a lot of what you're talking about is already defended against by Jon Stewart's ring without him even trying or he's overcome even greater things that you're suggesting. Let me get to my point number two. Uh, and this is going to kind of really bring stuff a lot home for people like, you know, Here's the thing, in the DC universe, I don't know if people know this, a Green Lantern is considered a bigger threat than a Kryptonian. I'm not talking about Superman. I'm talking about if someone is a Kryptonian and you have a Green Lantern, people are like, "Uh uh-oh, let's, you know, that's not good, but the Green Lantern is who we really need to worry about. Uh, Let's see, when it comes to Jon Stewart, he's somewhere in the top five Green Lanterns of all time, and you can't come up with a much bigger threat than that. And one of the reasons why Jon Stewart is such a threat is because he's not afraid to go for the kill. And when he decides he has to, he doesn't hesitate. This is a different type of hero. He's not an anti-hero, but he's, he's he's very different. Which He's got layers, which is why I love this character. Now, on top of all that, it's important to note, every Green Lantern has their own style. I've mentioned this before in previous episodes of Who Would Win. Hal Jordan's a jet fighter pilot who likes to take chances. Kyle Rayner's an artist who loves mang- manga and anime, which is why his constructs look like Gundams and really cool mechs. Jon Stewart, again, I mentioned this before, he's an architect. Which means, unlike the other Green Lanterns who just form constructs, Jon Stewart actually builds them from the inside out as reinforced structures. Which means his constructs are much stronger, much more durable, and hit with a lot more force. That's according to the DC Wiki. They're also much more durable uh, and are just you know way harder to take apart. By the way, Jon Stewart is also a decorated Marine, which means he goes into battle with a tactical and weighted response. Rushing in blindly or reacting kind of rage, whatever, that's not something he does anymore. By the way, blowing up that whole planet, that weight on him, whatever, there's a whole series where a story arc where he had to overcome that and kind of say, no, listen, what I did was wrong. I'm making up for it. I got to keep on this path and not let this affect me. So if Jon Stewart constructs a machine, massive space laser, a gun, a saw blade, a sword, or a full-blown city, the constructs last longer, reinforced, and are even that much more powerful. Even his personal force field that he uses when he creates by creates it using his ring is different he can project force fields that are reinforced energy from the power ring as opposed to just like a small plate or projected circle or dome this is all reinforced like force fields because again he's an architect he builds stuff from within with his rings john stewart can also phase through objects turn invisible see the future using what is called emerald sight this is crazy he can absorb energy especially magical energy the ring can also shoot out any energy it absorbs as an attack 
Uh, let's see. He can time travel. He can use cellular reg regeneration, which means he's just got a healing factor. He's got molecular manipulation, which means he can reorganize matter at the molecular level. It can perform mind alteration. I don't really think that's going to work on Vecna, but it's a thing. He has the power of resurrection. This is fun. In rare cases, and this I think will be one of them, the ring can keep its user alive after their body reaches a state of irreversible death, which means he can come back to life after it's died. Because the ring is its own sentient supercomputer being separate but in unison with John Stewart. A couple of different ways John Stewart can use his ring differently than other Green Lanterns. He listens to the ring. Again, the ring is like the supercomputer of the universe. It has all of the information from the guardians of Oa who have lived for thousands, if not millions of years, and then calculated and put it all into the rings. They've also got all the experiences of every other Green Lantern and everything they've gone through. They've got all these experiences. He listens to it. He asks it questions. They have a relationship. It's like his AI that's way more personal and knows everything about John, about John Stewart inside and out at the molecular level, at the intellectual level. This is crazy. So he has a, he can download any information. He'll know what he's facing against Vecna very, very quickly and know what not to do as well. My favorite one is that he channels willpower into the durability factor of the ring. So again, I've said this before, but he can easily take punches from Superman. He can take massive blasts of energy that could destroy cities or planets, survive and then travel through a black hole. But my favorite one, he survived the destruction of half a world, which then somehow flew out of orbit, smacked into a star, and then triggered an antimatter explosion that went supernova. Again, John Stewart was caught in a massive supernova antimatter explosion and was fine. Vecna, as powerful as he is, operates on a much smaller scale. John Stewart has had to save and protect the universe against threats that could, well, destroy the universe. All of that is my point number two. Of course, you're going to bring out some of the big guns. You're trying to impress our judge. You're trying to misrepresent some things. And that's fine, James. That's what you do on this show. Of course, the ring does have some very important weaknesses. For a very, very long time in Jon Stewart's character, he could not affect the color yellow. And you look at the necrotic skin of the character behind me, Vecna, he's pretty jaundiced. He's pretty yellow. So for a, and I know James is going to say, oh, they don't have that weakness anymore. But for a very long period of time in this character's existence, they did. So I think it should be factored in that he could not actually do anything. That bomb I mentioned earlier, the reason he couldn't mess with it, it was yellow. It was somebody made a bright yellow bomb and Jon Stewart showed up and could not affect it. Not just that. The ring shuts down due to the mental instability protocol. So when, not if, when Vecna hits Jon Stewart with that feeble mind I mentioned earlier, that ring will affect, see, oh, he is mentally affected right now. It's as if he's been drunk. It's as if he's done any of one of a number of things. He's lost his mind. The ring will stop working due to that protocol. And you talk about the seeing the future. Well, there's a rogue in the D&D &D world of Critical Role who could always see six seconds into the future. He could always see the future as it was coming. Vecna went right through that and took him out anyway. It didn't matter. You can know what Vecna's doing, and you still can't stop it. The only thing, right, I normally let you kind of go with this. The only thing is that whole yellow, you know, weakness to yellow hasn't been a thing for about 30 years. So you're a little too late on that. Uh, the feeble minded stuff like you on Pepsi Max, I don't think that's be fair. But whatever, let's get to what Rachel has to say because we are at the turning point where after hearing two points from Ray and myself, Rachel is going to tell us who's ahead and what the other side has to do to win. But before we get to what Rachel has to say, Let's celebrate the Who Would Win Patron of the Week. Every week, we choose one of our amazing members of the Who Would Win Show's Patreon community and put them in a battle. Ray, which patron do we have today? He's back once again. We got Joe Leal in the hot seat. 
All right, listen, Joe Leal is one of the most powerful beings that we've ever had on this show, from Patreon anyway. Let's give him someone a little bit different, someone a little crazy. Let's go with the Linda Carter 1970s live-action Wonder Woman. Live-action Wonder Woman versus Joe Leal. This is going to be tough. This is a very powerful version of Wonder Woman. She's got the bracelets, the tiara, the lasso, the invisible jet, and she's going to come on scene with fury. She's going to truck on into here, and she's going to see Joe Leal, and she's going to take him out with a forearm like Lex Luger in WCW circa mid-90s, and he's going to take that shot, and he's going to hit the deck because Wonder Woman hits you real, real hard, and at that point, Wonder Woman's going to be like, Joe Leal, I know you're powerful. I've heard the stories of all the people you've defeated before, but today is not your day, sir. And she's going to kick him and he's going to fly about five feet up in the air and he's going to come down real, real hard. At this point, she figures she's got the battle won. She ties him up with the lasso of truth and says, you got to answer me right now. What's going to happen next? And he's going to look her square in the eye with the lasso of truth around his waist. And he's going to say, next I defeat you. And he's going to grab that lasso because he was telling the truth. He's going to spin her around with her own lasso, shoot her off over a mountain. Doesn't necessarily win the fight fight, but she cannot come back for two minutes. He wins with battlefield removal. And unfortunately, Linda Carter loses this fight. Shocking, but that's what happened. <sighs> that's, I mean, Joe Leal is powerful, but that powerful enough to throw Wonder Woman so far, she couldn't get back in under two minutes. That's crazy. Rachel, I'm not sure if I agree with this one, but you know, congratulations, Joe Leal, nonetheless. Remember, you too can become a you celebrated. Did it, Joe. <laughs> you too can become a celebrated patron of the week. All you have to do is go to patreon.com slash who would win show and sign up and you may be featured in an upcoming episode of who would win. Rachel, you've had a moment to ponder two points from both Ray and myself. Who do you think is ahead, and what does the other side have to do to pull out the victory? At this point, I'm going to go with Jon Stewart narrowly ahead, because I feel like we've had, every time I'm feeling swayed with Vecna, I feel like we've had a point-for-point answer with evidence for how that might be overcome. Uh, I was pretty swayed by the telepathy. I was pretty swayed by Shroud the Mind, uh, the force field trap. But it seems like each of these has precedent within the DC universe for having been overcome. So I am excited about the possibility of undead magic versus universal magic. I am thrilled at the idea of an energy-consuming being and an energy-explosive being. But at the moment, I feel like we have precedent examples for how Jon Stewart would handle some of Vecna's attacks. Interesting. Okay, here's the deal. I'd, I'd normally be like, yeah, I'm ahead. But Ray knows how to pull out the victory even when he's seemingly behind. And uh, he's got more familiar with his character than I do. I wonder if he's going to catch me with, by surprise by something he's done in the past. Ray, go ahead and hit us for your point number three. Point number three for Vecna. And this is where we're going to really bring it home because I was only telling you about the fun magic before. He's got very, very extra powerful magic that I'm pulling from as well. There's a reason when the entire group of seven of the Vox Machina show up and Vecna's there, they poop their pants collectively. They don't want any part of that guy because as soon as he shows up, that means they're all probably going to die. Now, he's killed people with a word before. He has literally looked at somebody, pointed his finger at them, said a word, and they have dropped dead. 
dropped dead from a word. I've never heard of that before, but that's a thing that Vecna does. Now, Vecna can only do that once a day. To be fair, that's the weakness of that spell. But how many times does he need to do it to Jon Stewart over the course of a day? Probably just the one time. That's at least enough to put him down for two minutes, dropping dead. He also has the highest levels of some of these basic spells. He's been able to just nuke people with massive fireballs, shooting them. And then again, we're talking about the highest level fireballs that you can cast in D&D. We're not talking about a little spate here. We're talking about continent-shattering fireballs that he can cast whenever the heck he wants to. Additionally, he's able to open rifts of his own. You know, you talked about Jon Stewart being able to open up uh, his own rifts. Well, Vecna has that same level of power as well. At one point in one of the episodes, he opened a rift, a dimensional spatial rift, and started shooting giant meteors at his opponents. He shot a total of four of them you know, these meteors and he's just launching them out of this rift at his opponent because he felt like that's what he needed to do. He'll, he'll save the low level magic for the scrubs who he doesn't worry about, but he raises his game based on the threat in front of him. And he's going to realize probably pretty quickly that John Stewart is a threat and he's going to start unloading on him with the most powerful spells that he has. Hey, among those very, very powerful spells, the disintegration spell, which he has used to people. He's used on objects. He uses it whatever the heck he wants to, but effectively he points his finger at somebody, shoots out a magical spell at them that hits home and disintegrates their entire body. He once did this to a character whose entire body disappeared despite all of the armor that they were wearing, leaving the husk of armor behind. If he shoots Jon Stewart with the powerful disintegration spell, which I believe Vecna at the end of the day has more willpower than Jon Stewart. I mentioned before, this guy got stabbed in the throat while he was casting a spell, didn't even break stride. That is willpower. He's going to be able to disintegrate Jon Stewart, leaving that shiny green costume, the ring, the gloves, and everything else behind. Sorry, Jon, but you just don't have what it takes here. And the other big thing that he can do, banish slash teleport his enemies to other dimensions. He's taken, he showed up on scene in critical role. They had to make their saves, failed to make their saves. And one, if not two characters from the party suddenly found themselves in another plane of existence. What better battlefield removal technique is there than banishing somebody to another plane of existence? I don't think Jon Stewart has any defense for this kind of immediate magic that will just hit you before you even know what's happening. You're on another plane of existence because at the end of the day, it's going to be about the battle of wills. And Jon Stewart has great willpower, but the ring, the weakness of the ring and where it can derive power from is fear. And the problem is the more fear that you can put into a Green Lantern, the more effective you will be against them. And guess who's real good at fear, but an undead necromancer demigod who can banish you to another dimension and shroud your mind. At the end of the day, this is a bad matchup for Jon Stewart. He's going to get scared and he's going to go away. And that's my point number three. So much nonsense, a term uh, made popular by Race to Canis. Here's saying okay. it ain't proven it, James. Here's the thing. I'll, I'll disprove all of this. First of all, John Stewart is taken on Darkseid, who is an actual full-on god, uh, one of the most powerful gods within DC Universe. Rachel, you're familiar with that character, of course. But he was not afraid at all and actually took him on. It was actually quite effective against him. Keep going. There's a character 
by the name that John Stewart is very familiar with named Jericho. Jericho is someone who can kind of do a lot of weird, cool commands, can take over someone's body and what have you to do the whole thing. And John Stewart knows how to combat that as well. Saying a word to John Stewart is not going to do too much to him. And again, he's got this automatic defense against magic and what have you with this ring. Again, they've already faced off against universal universal level magic. Vox Machina, when they poop their pants when they see them. Vox Machina poops their pants when they see a dragon. A scary dragon makes them poop their pants. They poop their pants at many things. That's just a fact. Teleportation, interdimensional travel. I've already mentioned John Stewart Green Lantern navigates those two things very, very easily. Send him off, he'll come right back. Open up portal, he's right back there. I think that's kind of a push between the two characters. You said four meteors coming that he can bring in. That's awesome. John Stewart takes on asteroid fields of massive asteroids and blows them apart like it's nothing. That is an easy day for Jon Stewart. Too bad that's a massive attack from uh, Vecna. Uh, and finally, let's see, disintegration spells, all that kind of good stuff. You know, Jon Stewart, in terms of willpower, here's what's really interesting. The Guardians of the Universe, who are like these elder, elder, super powerful beings, actually made Jon Stewart a Guardian for a while because he had what they're looking for, namely willpower. That was, I believe, the only time an outsider was ever brought into their group because and one of the things he had was willpower and they said you have what we need to be one of us the guardians of the universe john stewart willpower don't think that's really gonna be a factor let me get to my point number three and this is all going to be wrapped up in a really nice package see john stewart has a lot of battle experience and victories over opponents very similar except way more powerful than vecna you said vecna is a demigod still very powerful but we're talking about uber beings of power over realms, the whole thing. For example, I already mentioned before, John Stewart has a victory over a character named Despero. Now, Despero is a Superman class opponent in terms of physicality, strength, and durability, what have you. He's actually a telepath and a magically fueled telepath. Again, he was the most powerful telepath in the DC Universe for quite some time. John Stewart fought and beat this person or his character named Necron, who is the DC Comics version of Satan. So Necron created the Black Lantern Corps to rid the universe of all. And the Black Lanterns were dead people come back to life who would then use the Black Lantern rings to kill all of life. It was crazy. It was horrible. So to fight this army, Necron said, hey, I remember John Stewart. You destroyed that planet because of your hubris or pride. I'm going to use that against you. The Black Lanterns were attacking emotionally. And Jon Stewart said, you know what? This ain't going to work. I'm doing what I got to do. I got to fight and I got to protect the universe. I know I can do it. So what did he do? He fought them back. He uh, created an army uh, John Stewart created an army of Marines out of his using his power ring and starts to blast them apart before taking out Necron himself. Keep in mind, the army of the undead that John Stewart was facing was purposely created by Necron to magically, again, use guilt and other emotional attacks against John Stewart. None of it worked. Not only did it not work, John Stewart overcame it and then destroyed Satan or Necron of the DC Universe. Let's talk about something even more interesting. What is Vecna's one true weakness? Because this is a really powerful character. What's the one thing that will absolutely hurt him and kill him if done enough? And I had to research this, and the only thing I come up with, but this makes complete sense, is a critical hit. So a critical hit, if I'm not mistaken, is defined as a particularly effective blow. This is represented by more damage to the target. And a critical hit is another way of saying insane and massive damage, which means if you can dish out insane levels of punishment, you can register a critical hit or a hit that will damage Vecna in a big, big way. And massive damage is something Jon Stewart can do very well and has a history of doing it. So what do we mean by damage that Jon Stewart can do to Vecna? Well, he can create an army of soldiers with actual energy weapons to attack him the same way he did to beat Necron and his army. Oh, wow. I'll lessen in half the energy attacks coming at me from an army of Green Lantern constructs. Wow, that's still half of a whole 
whole lot. That sucks. He could create a wormhole and shove Necron into it or just put the wormhole around Nec- uh, Vecna, I should say, and let Vecna be consumed by the wormhole. He could open that interdimensional portal, put him into it, into another dimension, same way he, Vecna could do it. He could open a black hole or detonate a nuclear-sized explosion within Vecna. This is insane. He can actually create a black hole within a person that then grows and consumes that person. Good luck with that one, Vecna. Or just do it right beside Vecna. Hey, Vecna, here's a black hole. Have fun with that. Uh, Let's see. He could hit him with a planet-destroying beams of energy, as I already mentioned before. Two, he could destroy two planets at a time. So give him one beam of energy that could destroy a planet. How's Vecna going to handle that? He could hit him with, I don't know, trap him in a complex energy construct. Maybe he could even form a massive massive boxing glove and punch him several times because I just wanted to mention that he can make boxing gloves out of constructs and just kind of do a jab and a cross. It's really kind of cool. Look, Vecna has never encountered anyone who can create constructs, force fields, fly, have the overall power and destructive capability of a Jon Stewart. But Jon Stewart is very familiar with opponents like Vecna. At the end of the day, Vecna will be getting a series of critical hits at super speed. Because you can remember, Jon Stewart moves at super speed. And instead of doing 24 spells in 36 seconds, Jon Stewart moves at the speed of thought. Everything is automatic and he's assisted by the most advanced AI ever created in the history of the universe with that power ring. This is why Vecna loses. This is why Jon Stewart wins. That's my point number three. Yeah, of course, overstating as always is James's. Oh, Jericho, you know, you defeated a former, you know, AEW champion. Congratulations. You're a superhero. He's a pro wrestler, James. I'm not even feeling that at all. Uh, he also fights in a team. Either he fights in the Justice League. So when he says, oh, he defeated Darkseid, he defeated the, well, him and like seven other Supermans defeated, you know, so it's, he doesn't really do this at a one-on-one encounter where he does not specialize. He also fights with the Green Lantern Corps all the time. So he's used to having other people around him and not necessarily having to take people on one-on-one. This is a team-based guy, whereas at the same time, uh, Vecna fights an entire team by himself. And I didn't even hardly mention, but Vecna does necromancy, which means that he can reanimate dead characters, reanimate dead heroes and fight them against the green lantern. So, Oh, are there, are there a lot of heroes who die in the, in these universes? Yes. Are there are a lot of uh, heroes who die in the D and D universes. Yes. And Vecna can use them to shoot them at the green lantern and overwhelm him with a ton of other superhero characters. Not even to mention the fact in 2021 comic books, the uh, the power source of all the Green Lanterns got shut down and destroyed, so every Green Lantern lost their power. James loves using the most recent version of characters. Well, that one doesn't have any power, so good luck with all of the stuff you're saying, James Gavsey. I've given you examples of how he's overcome everything that Green Lantern could possibly throw at him. At the end of the day, it's a battle of wills. Vecna, being an undead demigod, it has more willpower then John Stewart, who has a lot, but it's not enough against a character like this. Vecna invades his mind, casts feeble mind. The ring stops working. Vecna overwhelms him and banishes him to another dimension and wins this fight. So much nonsense. An army of Black Lanterns with Black Buddy overcame, but I guess an army of dead D&D characters. I mean, that's good, too. All right. Or an army of superheroes. Hey, we're talking about a neutral playing field here. How about an army of Green Lanterns? Who do, Why not? Who do you think was in the Black Lanterns? There you go. An army of, of villains, right? It, Get him. It, 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 yeah, he well, Vecna's overca- shooting 24 spells in 36 seconds. That's kind of slow. Rachel, it's time <laughs> for you to make a decision. Take us through your process. Tell us a story, if you will, and reveal who you think wins this battle between Vecna and and John Stewart Green Lantern. Uh, this is this is a this is a difficult position to be put in. I got to tell you. You see, I start with 
the power of the undead. And this is a character that, unless I'm mistaken, has been living for thousands of years. So it's had thousands of years to experience attacks, thousands of years to hone their attacks, thousands of years to clarify what their defenses are. And at the same time, my understanding, and I could be mistaken, is that that eye-hand situation was the result of energy, Mm -hmm. light. And so that has to be on some level a super weakness, it seems to me. We didn't really get to explore what Vecna's weaknesses are. Maybe they aren't there. But I I have to feel like there's there's some core of that in there. Then we go over to John Stewart, who I will admit, I have a I have a small bias. We fought together on the Justice League. We're we're teammates. He's my guy. But Pride goeth before the fall, and he has great faith in himself. Maybe he sees this and he says, you're not even a part of my world. I don't have to worry about you because I've had all these other experiences. Maybe that knocks him back on his heels just enough that all of that prior experience takes that that short second to come catch up. I feel like what this comes down to is, are we teleporting to another dimension Or are we creating a black hole? Because this is definitely a leaving the playing field matchup. I don't think that this is an ultimate destruction matchup. I think this is a clear the battlefield for two minutes while the other one sits there and gloats just just a little bit too long. Um, and, And that's where, in the end, I feel like Jon Stewart is at the peak of his game. He's at the tip of the spear with some of these right now. I think what it comes down to is he's in action against these now where Vecna has had thousands of years and might just be the tiniest bit relaxed and have have trouble stepping up to the energy of somebody who's at the top of their game at this moment. I think they're a very well-matched pair. I think that in the end... We're not going to come to any sort of level of destruction, but I I feel like it's going to come down to who believes faster that the other one's an actual threat. And I, I feel like Jon Stewart, this in this case, that pride might come in to say, I have to overwhelm you with something extra powerful early on before Vecna realizes that this is somebody who's a little more powerful than a rogue that can see six seconds in the future. It's a good team. It's a good team. It's a very solid team. Love that team. So your decision, your ultimate decision is? I think it's got to go Jon Stewart this time. It was narrow. Ray, I am so sorry. I have to. I really wanted to go with you. I really did. I was loving your background. I, I kept finding myself swayed. I kept feeling it, but... Such a narrow decision. Ray, I hate it for you. I hate it. Do you, it. though? Do you I really? I do. Do you? Your I teammate. Have... Your teammate, by the way, not just your teammate on Justice League, but your teammate in film, Phil Lamar. This is who you gave the victory look, to. Look. This is why you're awesome. By the look. way, by the way, just real quick, we've never had any type of Green Lantern or any Lantern have a victory on the Who Would Win show. Today represents the very first time the curse of the Green Lantern has been broken, thanks to Rachel Kimsey and James Cavsey. Ray Sicanis was also here. 
Ray, how do you feel after this? I don't feel good about it, Ray. I don't feel good about it. I feel broken inside right now. So no different than before. Got it. Deeply, deeply disappointed. This is man in his forties drinking alone in his garage while playing Dreamcast level sadness. I mean, for example, I could have said anything right there. What I will say is that I've given Rachel Kimsey, our esteemed judge and star of Reclaimed Detroit, I have given her multiple, many outstanding paths to victory that Vecna could have done one, if not all of them simultaneously. And once again, James blathered into a microphone about instant black holes and other things that he doesn't do on the battlefield. And our judge was bamboozled. Rachel, I forgive you. I feel bad about this for me too. Rachel, I got to tell you why I feel that this was a great decision because you weighed everything and you did something really cool. You said, okay, for everything, every attack Vecna has, I need to hear how Jon Stewart can defend and then counterattack. And then you need to hear how Vecna can defend and then counterattack. This was truly the ultimate referee position and judge position you took. Highly intellectual, really, really impressive. Uh, this is why you're so, you know, you get so much work because people just love how you throw yourself into it. I got to tell you, does it really feel bad that you're disappointed race to Canis? Really? Question Look. mark. I, he's never going to forgive me for RoboCop. I Is that feel a bad, bad thing? He's never going to forgive you for RoboCop. I you think bad. he's going to forgive you for this? No. 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 As someone who's never been forgiven by Ray Sicanis for probably <laughs> 5,000 things, I got to tell you, it's okay. It's, it's very, it's not, uh, it's not the end of the world. All Look, right, we'll listen. take our win to Phil Lamar. I'm going to present it as an offering. Maybe we'll get to go play in the sandbox again. That's, that's the best I can do. Uh, it, it's a, it's a nice little sandbox to play in. It is a nice sandbox. Rachel Kimsey, you are what I call a national, now international treasure. Thank you for coming on the show. You were fantastic, just like you were before, and we'll expect you to be just as fantastic moving forward when you come on next time. No pressure. Tell the Legion of Audience, our fan base, where they can see you and find you online. You can find me at the places at rachelkimsey.com. Uh, rachelkimsey.com. At Rachel Kimsey on the Twitter and the Instagram and Facebook if you're old and still on there. <laughs> or do people still do that? I'm not on TikTok, you guys. I don't understand it. I you, don't. That's I'm too old for TikTok. You are not just, too old for TikTok. I trust watch me. other people repost TikTok on Twitter and on Instagram and I say thank you for cult, for, for curating for me. It's good. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so race to Canis. We've come to this. You got a good victory last week. You, you had me on the ropes a couple of times. How do you feel right now knowing that you let down not just uh, Vecna, but that a very good friend of yours actually judged against you? What I would say here is that, look, Jon Stewart, as the uh, Twitter poll that we had out there, is the most interesting of all the Green Lanterns, according to the people. He did very, very well in a Patreon a character poll, which is why he's on this episode today. And he might even be the most powerful of all the Green Lanterns. So at the end of the day, I think I'm okay with this decision. <laughs> it's something I would never say. Vecna obviously is the better character, the more powerful character. He would stomp a mud hole all over Jon Stewart, as uh, JR would have said in the WWE uh, Raw days. This is, of course, a sad miscarriage of justice. Now, what I would say is Rachel Kimsey, our esteemed judge, star of Reclaimed Detroit. What I would say to you is you mentioned earlier that you have personally brought life into this world, and I think that's interesting, given that you killed me today. Ugh. 
a one for one compromise, I suppose, was made. You bring in one or three in this case, and you take me out, wounding me deeply inside. I don't know how I'm going to come back except for, you smell that, James? Showdown September starts next week. Sure does. I guess I can get back up for that. I'll get up off the mat. I'll count my chickens. 15, I believe, at the end of the day. (laughs) And I will come back stronger than I've ever been before because the thing you don't know about me is that Almighty Ray is one-eighth Saiyan, which means that whatever doesn't kill me will only make me stronger. Find me on Twitter at Almighty Ray. Hashtag Ray was robbed. Hashtag Ray is right. You know what happened. All right, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by typing in at James Gavsey. Remember to join the official Hoodwin Facebook group to make a suggestion for a matchup for the show and to be part of our growing community. You can also find us on Instagram and TikTok at Who Would Win Show. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you go for your podcasts. On behalf of myself, Ray Sicanis, and the rest of the amazing Who Would Win production team, thank you once again for checking out another episode of Who Would Win. We'll see you next time. Hey gang, I hope you enjoyed this episode and love listening to the show as much as we enjoyed making it. Quick reminder that you can support us by going to patreon.com slash show right now. Okay, gotta prepare for next week's episode. Hope the rest of your day is full of wins. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hi, I'm Erica. And I'm Cassandra. And we're the hosts of Trashy Trashy. We're a podcast filled with trashy news stories and garbage people. Did you leave the scene of an accident to go tanning? Do you refer to wearing the strap down on your Crocs as sports mode? Have you ordered Domino's online before they even open in the morning? Are you switching the same AAA batteries from your TV remote to your vibrator instead of just buying more batteries? Or are you normal? Check us out wherever you download podcasts.